0: in the mood for some serious, yeah, I thought so. But fatherhood is a serious business, sometimes. Obviously, it's it's not all the time, but you sort of get the feeling, I, I, I read somewhere online, that we have Mother's Day because mothers deserve it because they are awesome at the job they do. We have Father's Day because they have Mother's Day. <laughs> and that seems to be a, a lot of the sentiment around actually celebrating Father's Day. But I think it's important to recognise that Father's Day or fathers are more than that. We're not just a tag along to the other important half of the partnership. Uh, we're not just the second in charge when it comes to knowing about those, uh, those small humans that wander around your house uh, um, for a while, and then leave home, uh, often called children. But we actually have a, a an important part to play, an important role, and we can actually look to Jesus to, to see how to actually act in that role, because he, he, throughout the Gospels, we see his relationship with his Heavenly Father, and we can see that it's actually more than just a simple relationship that is focused on the fact that Jesus was sent to to Earth with a mission and a destiny, and he had to fulfil that. It wasn't his Father in Heaven wasn't just the uh, in the command module, giving orders, uh, so that Jesus' mission on planet Earth would be done with the the, the least possible sort of interference and with mission critical goals in mind. That sort of he hit his um, what are, what do they talk about in yeah his KPIs, uh, key performance indices uh, in his business. It was actually a lot more to their relationship than that. And it should be, there should be more than, uh, than that in our roles as fathers. And so there were three things that we can see in, in their relationship, which I've boiled down to three words, daddy, dad, and father. And these three words, when we refer to fathers, and when we're referred to as fathers, I think indicate a, a difference in our role depending on how we're seen. Uh, as, as uh, Jesus' Father, we can see that there's a relationship that, between them that at times was distinctly formal and was distinctly focused. And if we look in, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, at Jesus' baptism, it says, After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descend like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son. Who brings me great joy. Now, whether he did it in a deep voice like that, I'm not really sure. But it was an acknowledgement that Jesus had been sent for a purpose. That purpose was acknowledged and ratified by God the Father, and that, that set in motion Jesus' destiny, his journey here on earth. So that was definitely a father moment. You, the authority of God the Father and the submission of Jesus to his plan uh, is evident in that um, dialogue. Also in, in Luke 23 verse 46 on the cross, Jesus shouted, "Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands." And with those words, he breathed his last. So at the at the end of um, his travail, if you like on on earth, uh, again he he called out to his father, in a in a sense that theirs was a, a an authoritative, and um, there was definitely a, a sense of mission in his relationship with his father at that point so that that was the father and at the other end of the spectrum we know that Jesus referred to his father as daddy and there's an intimacy that is sort of implied in that and uh, the word that they use in the Aramaic is Abba now I have a confession to make I'm a child of the 70s and whenever I read that word this is the picture I get So I really have trouble sort of recognising important spiritual truths and a 1970s pop band. Um, and uh, I find it very difficult sometimes to, to marry the two. So let's get rid of that because we don't want to think too much about it. But we know that um, in Jesus' lowest points, he called out to his father in a, in a way where he, he, he needed him to be a daddy. And so Mark 14, 35, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane. He fell to the ground, prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So this is a situation where the relationship with his father was distinctly more emotional, it was more intimate, and it was a component which exposed a need that Jesus had for comfort and reassurance from his father so that there's the, the father, an authority figure, and there's daddy, who is a, a figure of comfort and emotional um, need. And then the other one is dad. It's, now, dad is not a Hebrew word. The word dad is not mentioned in the Bible because it's, it's a modern word. But it can be tied in to the th- those three words, daddy, dad, and father, in the Aramaic and the, and the Hebrew That we see in scripture and it's interesting that at the time jesus was walking on the earth jewish literature did not contain the word father in reference to god very much at all the interesting thing is that the gospels refer to god as father some 170 times there are 100 references in john and there are 31 references that are actually unique to the book of matthew and this use of the word is in keeping with the, the dad style of father that we would think about today, a father-son relationship which sort of occupies the middle ground between stern father and nice cuddly daddy. It's the the middle ground, the dad, the companion, the the wise, friendly figure, if you like. Uh, And here we have uh, just an, an instance in prayer, and this is from the Message Bible, and I've I've put words in, in blue where I've, I've interpreted this is the Matthew's interpretation not the Matthew or the other ecumenical um, interpretations that may be out uh, but it says abruptly Jesus broke into, pe- into prayer thanks dad Lord of heaven and earth just making sure you know you've concealed your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls but spoiled them spelled them clearly to ordinary people yep dad that's the way you like to work Jesus then resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. See, Dad has given me all of these things to do and say. This is a unique dad-son operation coming out of dad and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows his son the way Dad does, nor my dad the way his son does. But hey, I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line for anyone who's willing to listen. So interesting. Interestingly, the use of father or dad or daddy description for our relationship with God the Father increased in use throughout the church almost immediately after Jesus' death and resurrection. So on this special Father's Day, which we're not having just because mothers have Mother's Day, it's good good to remember that as earthly dads, we too have to negotiate the minefield of what sort of father to be to our children. As we guide them through their lives, Like the relationship of Jesus and his heavenly father, we too have to have times when we're able to be daddy to our children when it's required and dad to our children when it's needed and father to our children when it's called for. I think it can be a simpler path to be an authoritative father figure. But if we look at Jesus' life, we can see that that occurred rarely and only when his destiny was at stake. So fathers, use your authority wisely and sparingly. It's important for children to have a father who can be a daddy to them in their younger years. But you might notice that as they grow up, the times that they require daddy are less frequent as children mature emotionally. And actually, I was trying to think of my own father. This is a bit unfair because he's here this morning, and I didn't want to embarrass him too much. But I was, I was I was talking to Vicky, and she said, well, what sort of... Would your children say to you that you've ever been a, a, a daddy figure to them as much as a dad figure or a father figure? And I think it's very hard from this end for me to say, well, I don't know, I haven't asked them for a start um, because they're a bit older and it's a, an embarrassing question. But, uh, so I thought back in my life and thought, well, what moments can I remember when my father was daddy to me? And there's one that actually stands out. And I can remember Saturday mornings, because we used to get up really late and we we, four kids used to rush into mum and dad's bedroom and jump all over the bed, which I'm sure they absolutely loved. Um, But I can remember that we we used to, um, I don't know what the word is, um, aggravate my father to the point where he'd suddenly growl, throw off the blankets and chase us around the bedroom. And because he hadn't shaved on a Saturday morning, he he had uh, stubble. And, his be- and the thing I can remember that he used to growl and chase me around the bedroom, grab me, and then nuzzle his stubble into my into my neck and tickle the tickle me. <laughs> and I used to squirm and, ca- and I mean, I, and I don't know whether he did this on purpose, but I, I used to, th- my aim, on a Saturday morning was to go into his bedroom and get him to that point where he would growl so he would chase me out of bed and do that because that was a, a moment of intimacy. Um, that I mean. I don't think it served me in life for anything except that I, my kids can possibly remember. I think I used to do the same thing to them. Um, although Ben says he probably got more hair on his chin than I ever did. But um, but it, it's, it's moments like that when we can let our guard down and we can be uh, a, an emotional and uh, safe place for our children to be without an agenda, without a purpose just to be daddy to our kids. And we need to do that. But that's not what we spend most of our time doing. I think we spend most of our time called to be just dad. We're there to listen, to support, and to encourage our children. We're to make ourselves available without suffocating our children, to have wisdom ready without belittling their own efforts, to walk alongside our children, not pushing them from behind or trying to leave them in our dust. Well, that's probably only a baby boomer problem. Um, because I belong to the generation who believes they can do everything and uh, our children may never live up to that. I've learnt that's a false position to take. So don't do that. Be their biggest fan. This morning, if you're here and you're not a father, can I encourage you as part of our church family to adopt someone? And I don't mean literally, because you could offend a few parents, but I mean spiritually, because see, we're all called to be spiritual fathers to the people around us. Adoption is actually the highest honor we can show someone. Do you, do you know, the only reason we can call ourselves children of God is because God adopted us. There's a common misconception, and we, we talk about it as though it's true, that we're all the children of God. Everyone on earth is, is part of the family of God. We're all children of God. It's actually not true. We are all God's creation, but we cannot call ourselves children of God until we've been adopted. And Romans 8:15 says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. We're God's children by adoption. He's adopted us into his family. And that adoption gives us the rights, the joys, the authority that he brings into our lives, the peace, the love, the compassion that he brings into our lives, and the companionship and the wisdom as our dad in heaven that he brings into our lives through adoption. And it's something I hadn't really thought about. I was of that mindset that we talk about, you know, the population of the earth is children of God, whether they know it or not. But it's interesting to recognize that it's only through God's adoption of us that makes us His children. And so I want to, I want to give an opportunity this morning as I close to offer an invitation for adoption into God's family because that's how we become children of God. The great thing, and and guess what? That that sounds a bit exclusive. It's like, what? So God has to adopt you. And you sort of think, if anybody's ever looked into the adoption of of a human child, you realize the paperwork involved is incredible. The actual journey to adopting a child is incredibly complex. But the great thing about God is that He is selective in that only those he adopts are his children. But he is totally open to adopting absolutely anybody. And guess what? There's no paperwork. And so God will accept us into his family if we are prepared to accept his son as our Lord and Savior. And to walk in the path that he has set for us as part of his family. And so this morning... If you're here and you have never been adopted into God's family, I want to give you that opportunity. We do that in our church. We do that by praying a prayer together that declares that we are open to being adopted by God, that we freely declare that His Son is our Lord and Savior, and that we are prepared to walk on that path to be a child of God. And so, can I ask you just to close your eyes while you're sitting there? And if that's you this morning, and you would like to pray a prayer to be adopted into God's family, to start your walk as a child of God, while everyone's eyes are closed, nobody's looking around, I'd love it if you'd just pop your hand up in a moment, and I'll acknowledge that hand, and we can pray that prayer together to bring you into God's family, to make you a child of God. So if that's you, can you raise your hand right now, nice and high, so that I can see it, and I'd love to pray a prayer with you to bring you... God's family. It's one of his beloved adopted sons and daughters. Is there anyone here who would like to make that step, that decision this morning? Just wait a moment longer. Okay, can I ask you to open your eyes, please, and stand with me. I just want to pray this morning before we finish for the fathers in this house. Lord, I thank you for the gift of your presence in our lives, that you are our heavenly father, our heavenly guide, comforter, and strength. I pray that that strength, that compassion, that love, that guidance fills the fathers in this house this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your compassion and your strength manifest in them. Thank you for the love that they show to their children. I pray, Lord, for strong, loving, fathers, dads, and daddies in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.